we need to, to say it clearly as a gospel issue. Black lives matter. Of course black lives matter. Our, our black brothers and sisters are made in the image of God. Black lives matter is an important thing to say right now because we are seeing in our country the evidence of specific injustices that many of our black brothers and sisters and friends have been telling us about for years. And, and, and by the way, let's not respond by, by saying, oh, well, all lives matter. Of course all lives matter. But I've heard it described this way. Say you're in a group or with a group at a restaurant, and, and the waiter brings the food to, to everybody except for one guy at your table, your friend Bob. And so you say to the waiter, hey, excuse me, Bob deserves food. And somebody at your table corrects you to say, no, 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 all of us deserve food. Well, that's true, but you're missing the point. Bob is sitting there by himself without food. And so we are saying we understand that, 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 uh, that, that many of our black brothers and sisters have perceived for many years um, that the processes, the due processes of justice have, have not worked for them as they have for some others in our country. Let's spare each other the quotation of stats right now. You know, if you talk to some black friends, you'll know that they can tell you about their experiences and how some of them can be quite different from, from others in our country. We want um, rights and privileges to be extended to everybody. Um, we Christians want to hear our brothers and sisters, to feel their pain, to enter into that pain and bear that burden with them. Black Lives Matter. And by the way, I realize that the movement and, and the website has been hijacked by some political operatives whose worldview and policy prescriptions will be deeply at odds with my own. But that doesn't mean that the sentiment behind it is untrue. I do not align myself with the Black Lives Matters organization. And I think saying, um, saying bald things like defund the police is, is unhelpful and deeply disrespectful to many public servants who bravely put themselves in harm's way every day to protect us. But I know that we need to take a deep look at our police systems and structures and ask what we're missing. Where are we missing the mark? And I'll say that we do that because black lives matter. First of all, I want to say uh, the statement black lives matter is, of course, a true statement. Just like you can name anyone made in the image of God and you can say that their life matters because they're made in God's image. And I appreciate the fact that he disagrees with the Black Lives Matter movement. That's an important thing that he highlights, and I, I think that's important to say. But here, here's where we get into the controversial territory. The, the statement Black Lives Matter means more than just African Americans are made in God's image, which I hope we all obviously affirm, just like any group of individuals is made in God's image. The statement doesn't just mean that. The statement has not, never been used just to mean that black people are made in God's image. Uh, that's, of course, we can affirm that. The issue is when we say that, what we are actually saying is that the system that we are living in right now, especially law enforcement and things like that, are systemically targeting black lives. And that black lives are at threat. Like LeBron James said, you can't walk down the street without being targeted, without being, without being attacked. And so the issue is, is it actually true that black lives are being taken by the police in a way that is clearly showing a deep and racial and systemic bias. And J.D. Greer, I think, would say, yes, th that is the case. And I, I want to say that, um, no, that, that is not the case. At the end, he made the comment, you know, some people have hijacked the BLM website. It's like, and I think we're going to look at this a little more. When you actually look at the founders of BLM, you look at um, what they are about, nothing was hijacked. It is what it is from the beginning. It hasn't changed. Right. Um, there's no hijacking of a good thing that's been twisted for evil. It was twisted for evil from the very beginning. They didn't care about actual justice. It was they had an agenda. They, they wanted to care about certain types of black lives because it would foster their agenda. And so he, he's wrong on that. It's, the organization is fundamentally what it is. It hadn't been hijacked by anything. It's got Marxist roots. It's, Here, show so this. Th this, this is, is one of the co-founders of BLM. We actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself, 
and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. So she admits that she, that that she and the co-founders have been trained in Marxism and have certain are driven by certain ideological theories. So that's not that's not we're not saying no. that we're not putting the label on them. They are actually using the term Marxism to describe their framing of things. Well, and it's also important to remember when you think of Marxism, remember they they don't see issues in individuals. They see issues in structures, in systems. That's that's fundamental to how Marxism views the world. Um, and so it's no surprise then that you've got trained Marxists who are doing what? They're looking at what they say are fundamentally corrupt systems, law enforcement, this, that, and the other, and that's what they're going after. In their mindset, systems are oppressive, and you've got to attack systems. There's no, we talked about this before, there's no real individuals. You're all just an avatar of whatever system you belong to, and so that's why they talk the way they do. And if you look here at, uh, at a um, Washington Post uh, article here from, this is June 2020, it says here, the headline is, Police Killing Black People is a Pandemic too." So again, behind the, not just the organization, but I'm saying even behind the phrase Black Lives Matter is this kind of belief system. This kind of, and if you, if, you were on, if you were looking at the news in June of 2020, you saw a lot of articles like this, but these were everywhere. Everybody was saying this, that police killing black people is a pandemic, that, that Black Lives Matter means the police are, indis, are, are discriminately targeting black mm -hmm. people in a, it, because they are black, that it's, it's racially, the system is rigged against uh, African-Americans and minorities. There's a Harvard economics uh, professor named Roland Fryer. He, he, he was convinced that this was all true, that there was, that there was systemic injustice against minorities, especially black minorities. And so he did a massive study uh, as, a, again, a Harvard economics professor. He, he did a massive study where they examined over 1,000 police shootings, and he was convinced he would be able to prove racial bias in these police shootings. And this is from the article. Mr. Fryer, the youngest African-American to receive tenure at Harvard, said anger after the deaths of Michael Brown, Freddie Gray, and others drove him to study the issue. Quote, you know, protesting is not my thing, he said, but data is my thing. So I decided that I was going to collect a bunch of data and try to understand what really is going on when it comes to racial differences in police use of force. He and student researchers spent about 3,000 hours assembling detailed data from police reports in Houston, Austin. You can see all the places. When it comes to the most lethal, use, uh, lethal form of force, police shootings, the study finds no racial bias. Roland Fryer says, quote, it is the most surprising result of my career. Um, the author of the study and professor of economics at Harvard said, the study examined more than 1,000 shootings in 10 major police departments in Texas, Florida, and California. The result contradicts the image of police shootings that many Americans hold after the killings, some captured on video, of Michael Brown, Tamir Rice, Walter Scott, uh, Alton Sterling, and Philando Castile in Minnesota. In shootings in these 10 cities involving officers, officers were more likely to fire their weapons without having first been attacked when the suspects were white. It's the opposite of what you might expect. Black and white civilians involved in police shootings were equally likely to have been carrying a weapon. Both results undercut the idea of racial bias in police use of lethal force. Now, let me keep going here. Mr. Fryer found that in such situations, officers in Houston were about 20% less likely to shoot if the suspects were black, which is, again, the opposite of what you might think. This estimate was not precise, and firmer conclusions would require more data, but in various models controlling for different factors and using different definitions of tense situations, Mr. Fryer found that blacks were either less likely to be shot or there was, there was no difference between blacks and whites. Now, let's just say here, does this sound like the narrative that we're hearing in our culture today? No, it does not. Th this is why I'm saying the, the phrase Black Lives Matter is, of course, true, but it is being used in a misleading way. So some thoughts when you hear, the, when the data is looked at, 
Because even J.D. said, let's not quote statistics. Well, and I was just about to mention that. He said, well, just forget this. Well, you can't, you can't forget the statistics. Why? Because this kind of stuff affects how you interpret the situations. You cannot do away with statistics. As Christians, we are people of the truth. And anytime someone says, well, hey, anything that points you to truth, well, let's just forget about that for now. I'm sorry, you're not being Christian and you're arguing when you say that. I love J.D. Greer. I appreciate some of the stuff he said. But that is an unchristian way to argue. Well, just ignore the statistics. You can't do that. And when J.D. says, ignore this, let's not bring up statistics, let's hear the stories of minorities who have been targeted in some way. And that's completely important to talk about. At the same time, there are stories on the other side that are being ignored. Does anyone remember Tony Tempa? Have you heard his name? You remember this guy? Some of you may have heard of Tony Tempa. I heard about him a couple of years ago. So he suffered a very similar fate as George Floyd, but received basically none of the national attention that George Floyd did. Uh, let's just look at this here. So he called the police for himself because he was having a bit of a mental crisis. I think he had cocaine in his system. Uh, but he called the police himself and asked for help. When, when the police came and they, they get on this guy's back and he, it's very similar to the George Floyd thing. Uh, he says he can't breathe or uh, you're gonna kill me, things like this. They didn't hold him down for the eight or nine minutes of George Floyd. This was like, I think, 14 minutes. And at the end of the time there, uh, he was limp. And the police officer asked if they had killed him. One of the officers even makes a joke about, did we kill him? And it turns out he was, he was unresponsive. When the paramedics got there, they tried to revive him, and he was dead on arrival to the hospital. So this, this guy died. Now, there's no monument to Tony Tempa. There's no Tony Tempa day. There's no hashtag for Tony Tempa. There, there, there's not, you, most of us have never heard of Tony Tempa. And you know why we haven't heard of him? I guarantee you it's because he's white. Guarantee you it is because he's white. This is a, this is the, the difference between, remember, a, a local news story and a national news story is whether it fits the narrative of CRT. If he was black, I guarantee you, all of us would know this man's name. I promise you, you would have heard about him for months. There would have been riots and protests all across our country because the police held him down for 14 minutes when he said, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. I watched the video, by the way. I've seen the police body cam footage myself. I've watched it. It's pretty agonizing to watch, just like watching the George Floyd video is agonizing to watch. Now, we could debate on police procedure, and that's another conversation, which is an important conversation to have. I'm just telling you, if he was black, you would have heard of him. This shows that the CRT narrative is what's controlling mm -hmm. how we view society. It's not simply the facts and statistics that are going on here. Says we have about, and this was in what, 2020, I think she said, about 50 million police interactions with civilians each year. That's 20% of our country. So about one in five Americans interact with the police annually. There are usually about a thousand people who are shot and killed by police each year. Based on these numbers, about 0 .002 police interactions end up with a fatal shooting by an officer. And less than 0.0001% of all police interactions end with an unarmed citizen being shot and killed by police. And unarmed black men are shot and killed by police about 0.00002% of the time police interact with civilians. The way it's portrayed is this is happening everywhere all the time. And it is absolutely a lie. Every life that's lost is tragic. We don't want to ever treat any life as unimportant. But the narrative that we're getting takes something that is an insignificantly small number and makes it like that's what's happening everywhere. 
This blew me away when I first saw this. The Washington Post, no, no real agenda here. They're just keeping the, the, the facts on police shootings every year. They started in 2015, and I believe they have basically every uh, police-involved shooting where the person died, uh, they keep track of. And I, I just did this yesterday. These are fresh statistics. You can punch in the year, the ethnicity, and whether they were unarmed or not. It's amazing. It's free. You can just go in there and do it. So I punched in unarmed white people who were killed in an officer-involved shooting in 2019. And you can see the number is right here. Where's my mouse? 26. Okay. And, and uh, some of those may be justified. Some of them may not be. I'm not going to go into that. But I'm just saying, just as a statement of fact, in 2019, there were 26 unarmed white people who were killed by police. All right. Now let's watch. How about unarmed black people the same year? 12. Is that what you would have expected from the BLM narrative? I don't even mean from the organization. I mean from the BLM motto. The BLM motto says you're going to find 1,000 number here, and you're going to find five or six for the unarmed white person. But unarmed black people who were killed in 2019 by police is less than unarmed white people. Would you ever think that based on the culture that we're living in? Now, let's do another year. This is 2020. Unarmed white people killed by police, 26. Unarmed African Americans killed by police, 18. If, I, if we do, an, we'll, we'll do here 2021. Unarmed white people killed by police, eight victims. So eight unarmed white people killed by police in 2021. Unarmed black people in 2021 is 11. And if you do the whole, uh, I mean, what else did I do here? If you do all the years, 2015 through this year up till current day, uh, unarmed white people, there are a total of 186 unarmed white people killed by police in all those years put together. And unarmed black people in 2015 to today is 148. So 186 white people killed since 2015 by police, 148 unarmed black people killed by police. Again, this is why the BLM motto itself is misleading. Not just the movement. The motto itself is inherently misleading because it would make you believe that the numbers would be vastly disproportionate on this very point. And, and this is, again, this is coming from the Washington Post. This isn't coming from right wing. This is, this is just the, the, the raw data. And this, this single piece of information, I think, by itself, does a lot to disprove a lot of what we're hearing today. This doesn't mean that nothing can be better. This doesn't mean that there can't be, we can't rethink certain police procedures. This doesn't mean that there aren't actually racist police officers, just like there's probably racist pastors and racist doctors and racist nurses. Like you, can, you can find anybody in any category who, who, has, who has major issues. But are we seeing clear, systemic attack on unarmed African-Americans in our country? No, no that's not true.